Welcome to the week 11, week 12 episode of Walk On Red Shirts podcast. As always, I'm your host, Aaron, and with me, my co-hosts, Jake and intern Gibble, who chowed down on some delicious, as he says, no, no, uh, <laughs> dog ice cream. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out on our Twitter account, um, which is what, Jake? At Walk On Red Shirts. I believe we are also on now on Instagram and Facebook, if I saw that correctly. Yeah, yeah, we're we're actually now on uh, multiple social media platforms. We're growing. All right, so go follow us on those as well. Is the Instagram also Walk On Red Shirts? Yeah, both of them are. Okay, awesome. That makes it a whole lot easier. Um, so, but um, he intern Gibble did say that he would eat it again. If forced to, it wasn't like the worst thing you could possibly eat. It was just really bland peanut butter flavored ice cream. All right. And he didn't die. So, like, <laughs> we did have to do some research pre you eating that just to clarify that you wouldn't get, like, uh, deathly ill. Because yeah, you did have to drive me six hours the next we day. We didn't want to be held liable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it did say uh, on the package itself, not for human consumption, but we just ignored that. Yep. All for you, Gibble. Uh, so, Frosty Pauls, if you wanna, if you, if you wanna, you know, throw us an advertisement here uh, for the pod and stuff like that, intern Gibble will be happy to eat another one uh, if need be. Maybe vanilla next time. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll switch up the flavors. <laughs> yeah. Um, he can. We'll also lend intern Gibble out to taste test if need be. Uh, if they decide they want to do any other flavors in the future um i don't agree to this but i <laughs> guess i don't really have a say because i'm gonna get outvoted so. you almost ended up on another podcast last weekend yeah that would have been wild almost <laughs> is a stretch i mean there was a deal in place that you would go should what maryland win over ohio state yeah maryland that game ohio was state. <laughs> never a question who would win uh from the very start so um, oh no, we lost Chase Young. Well, we still rolled him. Yeah, well, Maryland stinks. Uh, yeah. Congrats again to Jake. Both of his college football teams beat Maryland in the same calendar year. So We um, own the state of Maryland. That is true. And Maryland owns the state of Texas, so never forget that. Uh, anyway, um, solid week. In, uh, this past week, uh, intern Gibble and myself went out to Ohio and joined Jake to watch some games um, throughout the full day Saturday. Uh, anyway, intern Gibble. Actually, we're recording this right now as the uh, top 25 releases, so we might actually have notes on that as that goes on, even though everybody will know what the top 25 is before they listen to this. We'll um, at least be able to give our reactions. Yeah, we'll have instant reactions, I guess. Uh, but anyway, I'll pass it over here. Intern Gibble, uh, you got some news bits for the week uh, to talk about. Yep. Um, first one I just briefly mentioned uh, is the Chase Young suspension. Um, the kid took a loan from a family friend who is not an agent um, or a booster. Got to specify that because that's very important in the whole thing. Um, he took a loan. Supposedly. We don't actually know for sure. True. Um, so he took a loan to take his girlfriend out to the Rolls Rose Bowl last year when he was playing in it. Um, paid the loan back in April after getting it in, I think it was December. Um, 
And he's currently, well, they're guessing that he, his suspension should be four games based on the amount of money that he borrowed. Um, but it, it's more than likely going to be reduced down to uh, probably two at most, um, just because he already has, has paid it back and everything. Um, which is also interesting because probably in the next few years, this isn't even going to be a big deal for anybody just because players are going to be able to start getting their own income. Um, so you, do you guys have any thoughts on this whole thing? Uh, I mean, I'll let Jake go since he's the Ohio State fan here. Yeah, I mean, if everything checks out as true, I mean, because we don't know for sure. Uh, there's some question marks that with his story versus what like Bruce Feldman and a couple other people reported because, you know, he's saying like when he got the money um, in his statement compared to like what Feldman has tweeted out. So not everything is fully aligning in like exactly what he said in his statement. So if Feldman is tweeting out what is true with, you know, it was his girlfriend, he got the money up for a flight or for lodging and then, you know, paid it back in April. Uh, family friend the main thing with that that i've read is that he met the family friend before after he had already committed to ohio state and around the time he enrolled at ohio state which to get a loan from a quote-unquote family friend they had to have had interactions prior to uh like committing to the university and being recruited by the university so that's where like the violation technically i think comes into play not the fact that he took money and gave it back to a family friend because there are loans that you can take and pay back and still be within the ncaa's bylaws it's about when he met and knew the guy um i've been saying the whole time i think it's two games I think he'll miss Rutgers this weekend. Practice is going to be harder than Rutgers is for him. He'd play like 15 plays against Rutgers, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I'm pretty much sold that it's going to be a two-game suspension. Yeah, I would I would agree. And, and I think even if it is just two games, he's coming back with a fiery passion to play against Penn State. So that'll be a uh, rough look for them. Um. The other thing that we, we heard this weekend was that it was potentially a Maryland player that leaked the information. Um, it's up to actually now a one of the coaches on Maryland was a high school coach, either at his school or a neighboring school, is now who they think it was. Wow. So that's just getting more and more juicy. I don't know if they thought that having uh, Chase Young not play during that game was going to help them win, but... Either way, that's that's pretty interesting there. Quick timeout. Appalachian State, 25th in the rankings. Let's go, Appy. Uh, Navy's 23rd and Boise State's 21, so the race for the group of five. Uh, it's going to be interesting since he's 17, Memphis is 18 here. Oh, Thank Texas goodness, 19. Texas, <laughs> Texas made it back in. Texas is 19. They went the whole way from not ranked to 19th after beating Kansas State. <laughs> I put sarcastic rankings out that they were going to be in the rankings, and of course they somehow end up 19. <laughs> they have six spots at least. Oh, man. Oh, that's atrocious. You got to love it. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> On to more news. Um, in Arkansas, the head coach, Chad Morris, was fired after a 4-18 and start to his career there. Um, 
they've just been utterly awful this year. Um, and I mean, after losing to Western Kentucky, that's a pretty tough look. They didn't lose; they got wrecked. <laughs> they did. It's trying by, to make them feel by, a little bit better. By but a former <laughs> Arkansas quarterback that transferred. Baylor fell a spot, and they're still undefeated. Yep, they are thirteenth, nine and zero Baylor. That's late in the season. Is thirteenth behind two loss Florida, two loss Auburn. Well, just, just ahead of two loss Wisconsin and two loss Michigan. Yep. Zero respect for the Bears. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so who do you guys think is going to take over as the head coach in Arkansas? Uh, that's a great question. Um, there was a lot of speculation this weekend. Gus Malzahn is a name that keeps coming up because he did go to Arkansas. I'm just not sure that he's going to leave Auburn right now. Yeah, I don't see it. Um, I think you have to look a little bit more realistic uh, if you are them. Uh, One I heard floated out there as a potential one that I like a lot would be Bill Clark from UAB. Um, He already coaches down south there in Alabama. Um, And he's been pretty deserving having dealt with all of this you know, UAB shutting down the program and stuff like that and coming back. Uh, he's definitely shown a resiliency um, and worthiness for a Power 5 job. So I think that if I was Arkansas, that would probably be one of the top names on my board. But I haven't looked too much into where they could go. Um, also, quick side note, Minnesota up to 8th. Still super disrespectful to Minnesota. Disrespect is real. Jesus, man. <laughs> Put them forth, cowards. Agreed. All right. Utah 7, Penn State 9, Oklahoma 10. I don't really see it. I don't have many issues with the rest of that, but, man, Minnesota being 8, that's rough. Yeah, that's brutal. If they beat Iowa this week, they should jump up to about 5 or so is my guess. You'd think. You would think. They beat another ranked team, so you think they would jump, but who knows anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Um Anyway, yeah, for Arkansas head coach, like I said, Bill Clark would be one of the top names I'd have on there. Um, there were obviously, you know, we hear the Mike Leach name get floated out there. You'll probably hear him for basically every job that's available. Um, it's not so much I don't think you can win at Arkansas. I mean, Chad Morris, though, just nothing went right um, there. And, and you definitely have to show improvements in year two, I think. And, and they've definitely gone backwards. Um and obviously losing to Western Kentucky and San Jose State uh, in the same calendar season. Um, granted, this team did almost beat Texas A&M. People forget. Um, so that that's always a rough, rough look, especially for an SEC school. So um, not entirely sure where they go. Uh, Bill Clark's the name. I've also heard uh, Sonny Dykes, but I don't know. Um if you go to the well on SMU a, a second time after the way that Chad Morris, uh, how quickly Chad Morris has bounced, but uh, we'll see. Definitely have to keep tabs on this one. Uh, that's the second opening job, I believe, so far this season, and one of probably three, four, or five expected ones at least. Third one, because uh, you always forget about Rutgers. That's Who the most important job. doesn't forget about Rutgers, though? <laughs> The let's, six Rutgers fans. Let's be real. Um, okay, so the third one so far that's opened up, and second one in terms of uh, 
notoriety. And look, Arkansas fans, I've seen people mention it. You are not a top 25 job in the country. Sorry. Top 50, yes. Top 25, I would say no. Uh, there is a lot of history at Arkansas, uh, but I would rank them below Florida State. I mean, obviously, they're out of Rutgers. Um, also, LSU officially number one. Obviously, we all knew this was going to happen. Shocking. Um, God, fucking put Bam at four, please. <laughs> I just want the up, up, upheaval. Um Ohio State, too. That's obvious. Okay. Sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, so far, no complaints here. Are we going with three? Clemson? Yep, that's about right. Well, the top three is going exactly how we all thought it would. Yep. No surprises at all. Put BMF 4, man. We all know you're going to do it. Oh, yeah, they're going to do it. There's no way they don't. (laughs) Just show it. I hate these shows so much. I know. Why, why do we just wor- kill this, this anticipation? Is, this is awful radio. I apologize for. Oh, Georgia. Wow. Okay. Well, I hate it. Oh yeah, thanks. I hated either option, but yeah. Once they decided that Minnesota wasn't even going to be in the top six, I was, I was out. I'm out. Georgia at four, though. That's wild. That team lost to a uh, FYI. That team lost to a team that's not, not going to make a bowl game this year. So, fight me, Georgia fans. But you're 11th in my book. Um, again, it doesn't matter, but. Still, not only did they lose to South Carolina, is they continued to they should have lost like three different times. Yeah, and well, that's the thing. Like they haven't been super. Like their defense has been good. I'll give them that. Granted, they played Missouri this past weekend with a backup quarterback. Um, their defense has been good, uh, but when I look at the one-loss teams, I'm ranking them almost strictly based off what their losses two lost teams i look at more of the resume one lost teams i look at more of the losses and obviously undefeateds i look at wins because there are no losses felt like i shouldn't have to say that but still um alabama five oregon six it appears i i don't hate that that much um alabama obviously the one loss teams has the best loss so uh, i don't dislike that but I, they're going to get in without even playing in an SEC championship game again. You just know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. All right. Uh, intern Gibble, let's get back to it. All right. In uh, Pac-12 news, um, there was a referee that was suspended for one game after a egregious error in the um, California and Washington State game on Saturday. Um, a During a kick return, uh Washington State was called for a illegal hands-to-the-face penalty after returning the ball to the 50-yard line. It should have gone against Cal um, and given them the ball at the uh, 35 of Cal, but instead, Washington State started from their own 8-yard line uh, because the penalty went the wrong way. Um, So now that referee has been suspended for a game, and the remaining members of that officiating crew have been downgraded, according to the conference. So I I don't know how they make an error that bad, but that is a tough one to look at. Okay. Um, In... Bad officiating. Yeah. All over the place. No no shocker there. Yeah. Um, In Michigan... The running back, Chris Evans, is being reinstated for the 2020 season 
uh, Jim Harbaugh announced that on Monday. Um, he seemed to be ineligible because of a uh, academic issue, but the school never released a specific reason for it. Um, but now that he's coming back, that gives Michigan a pretty solid running back for next year. He was expected to be the number one for this year, but um, obviously isn't playing. So they'll be glad to have him back next year. Um, so yeah, did you guys hear anything else about that? or? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't say much about it when it happened. They uh, were pretty mum on the whole topic. Yeah. All right. Um, and our last bit of news is, is uh, some sad news. Ralphie Five, the uh, Buffalo or the Colorado Buffalo mascot, is retiring after twelve seasons with Colorado. Um, great mascot. Sad to see him go, but we're looking forward to uh, Ralphie Six next year. So yeah, that's all the news we got. Ralphie Six about to be the best Ralphie ever. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with the OG Ralphie, the first. Do you know okay, they well. all have actual names, not named Ralphie? Did not. Good to know. The more you know. All right. Well, if we're done debating the the merits of each individual <laughs> buffalo uh, from the University of Colorado. Let's jump in and we'll recap for the past week. Um, as always, start out here in the ACC. Uh, Clemson gets a 10-0. They route NC State 55-10. At one point in this game, their starting left guard had a touchdown. That should tell you all you need to know about how this game goes. Clemson is just rolling opponents at this point. Um, say it every week, but doing what they have to do. And clearly it's working as they're uh, now into the playoff rankings at number three. Um Notre Dame 38, Duke 7, Duke 4 and 5 on the year now. Uh, Notre Dame gets to 7 and 2. Um, now I think ranked 16th in the country. Uh, Virginia Tech 36, Wake Forest 17. A uh, rough loss for the Demon Deeks. Certainly looking forward, I guess, this week to Clemson. Um, they fall uh, to 7 and 2. Virginia Tech gets a boost up to 6 and 3 now on the year. Uh, Florida State 38, Boston College 31. Odell Haggins wins in his interim head coaching debut for the Seminoles. Um, they get to five and five. Boston College to five and five uh, because, of course, Boston College was five and four, so they had to find a way to get back to uh, five hundred um, under Steve Adazio. So they go ahead and lose to Florida State, uh, who it looks like with Alabama State, I believe, on deck this week, will likely make a bowl game for Florida State then. Uh, Virginia 33, Georgia Tech 28. Uh, one point in this game, Georgia Tech had a lead. Uh, they've uh, gotten up for some big games against Virginia and Miami, at least. Uh, but everybody else on the schedule, not much. Um, they fall to 2-7. and seven. Virginia gets to 7-3. and three. Uh, And lastly, Miami 52, Louisville 27. Jaron Williams sets a Miami Hurricanes passing record for touchdowns in a game with 6. Uh, at one point in the game, he was tied at 5 with about 10 other quarterbacks um, in Miami history. Uh, surpasses that 6 touchdowns through the air, 0 interceptions in this game. Uh, Miami's offense finally looking like what I was hoping it would look like all season long. Uh, and I'm loving every minute of it. 
Uh, they get the six and four in the year, officially bowl eligible. Louisville falls to five and four. Uh, still a very good year for Louisville, um, regardless. Um, so, any uh, thoughts on the ACC this week? I'm not so sure that Wake Forest is going to keep it even close against Clemson anymore. Well, yes. Uh, Sage Charat, unfortunately, is done for the season. Uh, was a projected top 75 pick in the draft. We'll see how that goes for him. Uh, one of the better wide receivers in the country. Uh, yeah, I was calling the upset for a while. Um, I would officially like to remove that off the table, though, um, after he went down. Um, we'll see. Uh, it, it was a tough tough game for Wake Forest. They didn't look good all throughout most of it. Again, chalk it up as a... Uh, looking a little bit too forward uh, with a big test coming this week. Um, the, obviously, Vegas also agrees with you with setting the line at 32.5. I think it's already up to 34.5 um, on some sites. So, uh, certainly a lot of people agree with that that sentiment um, about that game this week. Uh, but we'll talk about that in our pickup. Uh, Andrew, can you give any thoughts on the ACC? Um, well, aside from Clemson, there is no one else close. Um, I didn't think any of these games were all that exciting. Um, I think we paid attention to a lot of the other ones on, uh, more than this, but I mean, Clemson is clearly playing pissed off and is, is just rolling teams at this point. Um, the NC State probably could have been held to zero points in that game but i mean garbage time gets you some points so that's probably the only reason that they scored so yeah i mean what we had the clemson nc state game on for like three minutes probably Um, something like that the virginia tech wake forest game was on my laptop and even i was barely paying attention to that um and the Miami game was on one of the TVs, but I don't think either one of you guys were paying much attention to that. Um, so, yeah, uh, not a lot of focus on the ACC from us this weekend. Um, but uh, st- the Coastal still is up in the air. Virginia Tech pretty much holds all the cards for it. Um, but Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, Pitt, um, all still well within a shot. Uh, North Carolina is still on the outside a little bit, too. Duke is there. Um Georgia Tech, not going to win it. Um, So we'll see how that unfolds over the next couple weeks. Um, uh, Getting into the Big 12 here. Um, Oklahoma 42, Iowa State 41. Um, And this game wasn't great for a majority of it. Uh, Oklahoma kept trying to pull away. Iowa State kept sort of hanging in, usually sitting around that 14-point uh, uh, margin. At one point, I think it was a 21. I think it was like 35-14 at one point. Um, but Brock, Por- Brock Purdy and the gang, uh, they, they lead a comeback. Uh, helped a lot by Jalen Hurts. I, I don't really understand what he was doing, running towards the sideline. He kind of just heaves it, um, goes for an interception. Uh, Iowa State storms back in it, and they go for two at the end, which they should. Um, again, I reiterate, they should go for two. You're on the road, or you're on the road in Norman. Um, go for two, go for the win, because uh, you're probably not going to beat them in overtime. Um, you know, it's easy just try and get up 
try and pick up those two yards. Uh, unfortunately, probably should have been a pass interference on that, uh, but wasn't called. Um, and Iowa State ends up losing this game by a point. They fall to five and four on the season. Obviously, a lot more disappointing than I'd hoped. Uh, after saying that they were going to win ten games this season, that is not going to happen. Um, and Oklahoma skips with another victory, and they get the four, eight and one, and now sit tenth in the college football playoff rankings. Um, Baylor twenty nine, TCU twenty three. TCU falls to four and five on the year. Uh, Baylor gets the nine zero, and still somehow ranked thirteenth in the country uh, in the college football playoff rankings. Um, this game went from Big Ten noon game to Big Twelve game uh, as soon as this game hit overtime. Uh, there were uh, there was a spectacular touchdown grab from TCU, then a, spe- a spectacular touchdown grab from Baylor in this game. Uh, TCU's quarterback ran it in for what we thought was going to be a touchdown, but he turned touched out of bounds just barely at one point. Um, uh, this game was very boring for a large period of this game um, uh, until it went to overtime. Baylor sneaks out with another victory and gets the 9-0 um, on the year. Uh, Texas, apparently back according to the uh, College Football Playoff Committee, uh, they beat Kansas State 24 or 27-24. Uh, at one point, I think Kansas State was up 14-0 in this game. Texas kind of roars back into it. Both teams now 6-3 and three and officially bowl eligible. And lastly, Texas Tech 38, West Virginia 17. Uh, West Virginia falls with 3-6 and six in a year, and Texas Tech gets to 4-5 and five with still uh, an outside shot at getting to bowl eligibility. Um, any thoughts on the Big 12? Oklahoma might not be as good as we thought they were because they don't play defense. Yeah, the defense is still a bit rough. Yeah. Iowa State also, made the right call, Brock though. Purdy... Well, yeah, they obviously made the right call going for two. Brock Purdy quietly had six touchdowns in that game. Five passing and one rushing. So that's pretty dang impressive. Well, 2020 Heisman Trophy candidate, yes. Um, He'll do that. He'll put he'll put up those numbers. I mean, like I said, like he he really engineered that comeback for him, uh, willed them back into that game. It was a lot of fun to watch. and I mean, if, if for nothing else, Iowa State is entertaining, uh, which is something they weren't for a very long period of time, minus the Seneca Wallace years. So um, good for them, uh, and they'll 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 improve, I think, going into next year, especially with Purdy and Bryce Hall back, who's been a outstanding running back for them. He is a, I believe, a true freshman, uh, one of the highest rated recruits they've ever gotten, at least in the main internet recruiting error. Um, but yeah, I mean, Oklahoma still doesn't play a lot of defense. They came, you know, a two-point conversion away from losing this game. They're going to need to go to Waco this weekend and demolish Baylor, I think. Um, because they're sitting 10th right now. They're not in a great spot. Granted, Penn State will probably lose to Ohio State. That's another spot. Um, if Minnesota falters, that could be another spot. So, I mean, they have a shot, but I think they need to go out against Baylor and just dominate them um, to, to, to prove something. I agree. All right, time for the Big Ten. Ohio State 73, Maryland 14. Ohio State goes to 9-0 and in a year. Maryland 3-7. and They are officially eliminated from bowl contention. 
Uh, Minnesota 31, Penn State 26. Uh, Minnesota gets a 9-0, Penn State 8-1 on the year. Uh, big day for Tanner Morgan, who I believe only missed two pass attempts in this game. Uh, I could be wrong. 18 of 20. Was... So, yeah. Yep, 18 and 20. Rashad Bateman goes for 200 yards uh, through the air. I mean, <laughs> Minnesota came out and ready to play, man. Um, they There was no slouch in them, uh, and good for them. Um, and the score's a little bit closer, I think, than how the game sort of played out. Minnesota led from, you know, start to finish in this game. Uh, Penn State kind of started to come back there at the end, uh, fell short. Uh, Sean Clifford throwing a late interception there. Antoine Winfield Jr., I believe, had two interceptions in the game as well. There's a lot of really good players on this Minnesota team, so it's not super surprising. They obviously showed the graphic where their linemen are basically the size of tanks uh, out there. So They have uh, a 400-pound lineman. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they... I mean, they're they're a pretty solid team. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes for them. Obviously, they are playing Iowa in Kinnick Stadium this upcoming week. Not an easy place to travel to and win. Uh, but, um, and obviously Vegas doesn't really believe that they're that good. Uh, they are uh, three-point underdogs, but uh, a lot of things still yet to prove for Minnesota, but definitely a big-time win for P.J. Fleck uh, right after getting that big extension. Uh, Wisconsin 24, Iowa 22. Uh, Jonathan Taylor went for, I believe, like 250 yards, I think, on the ground in this game. Um, they get the 7-2 and two on the year. Iowa falls to 6-3. and three. Uh, Wisconsin now sitting, I believe, 14th in the college football player rankings. Obviously, it doesn't matter all that much to them because they are pretty much out. Um, and then Purdue 24, Northwestern 22. Uh, I sent out a little factoid about this game. It is the first game in college football history with two Aidens starting at quarterback for each team. Uh, well, one for each team, I should say. Uh, I do not know if that is factually correct. I do not know a way to look that up. But it sounds right, and of course it would come with two low-tier Big Ten schools. Um, Purdue picks up the victory. Northwestern finally scores some points, but unfortunately they fall to 1-8 and because their defense didn't put up much. Uh, Purdue gets to 4-6, and six, and they still have a sliver of life going for bowl eligibility. Uh, and the story of the weekend out of well, the secondary story of the weekend out of the Big Ten, Illinois officially bowl eligible. Good for them. Um, they win 37-34 over Michigan State, who falls to 4-5. and five. Uh, Illinois, I believe, was down 25 points at one point in this game, um, engineering a comeback there in the second half. They were um, down 28-3 to three at one point. Yep, uh, so a rough one for Michigan State, especially with uh, Michigan on deck. Uh, good for Illinois to get the bowl eligibility. Um, and that last drive from Illinois, they Illinois did everything in their, their power not to score, um, <laughs> uh, to, to win the game late, and then miraculously finally got one uh, with like 16 seconds left to seal it. Um, and pick up the win. So Illinois is going to a bowl game this year. Uh, some would say luck of the Irish uh, because I feel like they haven't lost a game since they got announced to play Nebraska in, in Ireland in like two years. So 
and maybe some luck on their side. Uh, but good for Illinois to get back to bowl eligibility. Um, finally, some results as well for Lovie Smith and that team. Um, any uh, takeaways from the Big Ten? Nine win Indiana and Illinois. You know, there's a there's a possibility in another realm that they would play for the Big Ten championship still. Neither of them are eliminated from okay, the Big well, Ten championship yet. So why don't we just sweep that under the rug? Um, why don't we just squash it while we're here? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's still possible. But Minnesota uh, is legit, but I'm concerned about them going on the road to Knick because spooky things happen at Iowa, especially when it gets dark. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what about you, intern Gibble? Um, yeah, I agree. Minnesota seems like they are a for-real team. Um, Wisconsin's lost a good bit of their luster from early on in the season um, after losing those two games. There wasn't much hope for them, but they're still not playing nearly as well as they had been. Um, and Michigan State might just be a dumpster fire because they're just going way downhill. This is a tough season for them. They've lost their last four. Yeah, there's rumors. I mean, granted, they also played Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. Yeah, they might need to shake things up. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They're saying D'Antonio, they're not going to fire him, but he could get pushed into an administrative role. Which seems about right for. The program. The other thing about the Big Ten is if you realize their expansion with Nebraska. Rutgers and Maryland, all of them have sucked pretty much since they've gotten to the Big Ten. But it's all about that money. Yeah. Got to get that New York and D.C. market. All right. Why don't we jump to the Pac-12? Um, Washington 19, Oregon State 7. Oregon State falls to 4-5 and five on the year. Washington to 6-4. and four. Uh, An official bowl eligibility for them. Um Definitely thought Oregon State was going to win this game outright, uh, and it didn't happen. Their offense wasn't there. Uh, Colorado 16, Stanford 13, Colorado 4 and 6, Stanford 4 and 5. USC 31, Arizona State 26. Um, uh, USC officially going to a bowl game this year. Whether Mike or Clay Helton will be coaching them there, probably not, but still yet to be seen. Uh, Arizona State falls to 5 and 4 on the year. And Cal wins 33-20 to 20 over Washington State, who falls to 4-5. and five. Cal gets 5-4 and four on the year. Um, so, no huge games here in the Pac-12 this week. Obviously, Oregon and Utah both having buys um, on the schedule. So, uh, any takeaways from the Pac-12? I'm excited for the no, collision Not really. Course. It was a pretty... Yeah, I agree with that. Utah and okay. Oregon, I think, is going to be a really good game. Also, I not I don't know if Clay Helton's ever actually going to get fired. I think he will. I mean, it's hard to fire a coach midseason when they're going to go to a bowl game, uh, when it looks like they're going to go to a bowl game or officially. Uh, at that point, I'd probably just wait it out because unless you're looking at a guy um, that's not currently coaching at a college program uh, I don't really know what the rush is I mean you can do behind the scenes things whether it's you know 
low-key hiring a consulting firm, which for some dumb reason everybody does. Um, It protects them. with. There's some sort of protection they get when they go with a hiring firm rather than just doing it. I forget the, uh, the detailed reason, but they get protections when they go through a hiring firm in case of a bad hire. Okay, well, here's the thing. They need those protections because I feel like every time I hear somebody is doing a consulting firm, it ends up being a bad hire. So, it's win, it's lose-lose. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like you probably just wait until the season's over to fire them because you're not going to hire somebody from another school that's still playing. Um uh, which I think that was a lot of why the rumors of Florida State and Bob Stoops kind of came because he's, you know, if they're going to hire somebody, it's not going to be Mark Stoops right now because they're currently in, in season. Um, so just waited it out until the end of the year. But new AD, all that stuff, I expect Helton to be gone now. Um, jumping over to the SEC, the big game of the week, uh, LSU 46, Alabama 41. This game... <laughs> Uh, I don't know how many people were calling it. I, I still call it a game of the century just because it was, you know, to the top teams. Uh, it met all my requirements for game of the century um, label. Um, so I will continue to call it that. And the game itself was a lot of fun. It had everything you could want. Um, unless you're a big fan of defense, then it didn't have what you love. Uh, but it had... Uh, a lot of big plays. Uh, had a lot of gritty running from LSU's uh, running back, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, on top of that, it had really bad special teams mixed in there. Some missed kicks, bad punts, all that stuff. Um, so, uh, a lot of fun in this game. Uh, probably, I, I, LSU went in the halftime, I think, with like a 20-point lead at one point. I think it was 33-13. Uh, didn't look good. Uh, Tua and Alabama kind of came back a little bit in the second half. Uh, but right when it looked like Alabama was going to catch that win, well, that second wind, and end up coming away with the victory, Joe Burrow does what Joe Burrow does best, and that is just engineer a drive down the field uh, to essentially put the game just a little bit out of reach. Uh, and just when you thought that LSU had finally won... Tua and company come back on the field and th- just drop like a, he just drops a, a dime in a bucket like uh, to I think it was Devonta Smith uh, to put it at 41 um, and then they uh, unfortunately do not get the onside's kick uh, and LSU ends up winning so congrats to Coach O everyone's favorite coach um, really deserved uh, LSU is just a buzzsaw and. Uh, I, there's going to be a lot of exciting matchup possibilities in the college football playoffs. Uh, I'm really hoping we get at least LSU, Ohio State, and uh, Clemson in there. Um, fourth team, I don't really care about at this point. Uh, but put Minnesota in just because uh, they deserve it. Um, so looking up, looking forward to a, some fun matchups there. Uh, Georgia 27, Missouri 0. Uh, again, Missouri played without Kelly Bryant at quarterback, and it showed because their offense was very woeful. Uh, Florida 56, Vanderbilt 0. 
Uh, Western Kentucky over Arkansas, 45 to 19. That was one of the more shocking scores of the weekend. Uh, again, Western Kentucky lost in Week One to FCS Central Arkansas, um, and then turned around and beat FBS Arkansas. Um, so good for Western Kentucky to turn their season around a bit uh, from what looked like would it would be a disappointment losing to an FCS school. Uh, they get to bowl eligibility and obviously Arkansas fired, uh, Chad Morris and will now be looking for yet another head coach. Uh, the more shocking thing was, I think the, the buyout was pretty astronomical for Morris if they fired him before December 1st. And obviously they got some money for it because he, uh, he was gone before then. Uh, the thought was he might not get fired until, you know, as soon as that clock uh, calendar turns to December 1st, but uh, he's already gone. Uh, can't imagine who would cough up the money to get him fired. Uh, <coughs> Jerry Jones. That was my exact uh, thought. <laughs> um, so, uh, Arkansas. The pocket change to him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it really is. Uh, Ole Miss 41. Uh, he might get, maybe he just moves Jason Garrett down. Uh <laughs> just demotes him to Arkansas head coach. Um, Ole Miss 41, New Mexico State 3. Uh, Appalachian State beats South Carolina 20-15. to 15. Um, Again, South Carolina now 4-6. and six. They still have Clemson to play. Doesn't look good for their uh, ball eligibility. Um, and again, this is a team that beat Georgia uh, in Athens. So. Is Will Muschamp on the hot seat? Yes. Uh you can beat Georgia and it'll take you off the hot seat as long as you still make a bowl game. Um, you just you can't beat Georgia and then turn around and lose to Tennessee, lose to Appalachian State. Uh, you know, no, no offense to App State, but the Sun Belt team coming into your SEC school, your home stadium, uh, and beating you pretty no i don't want to say easily but i mean app state was in that game the whole whole way it wasn't a fluke win um i think you have to uh he's another guy with a very large buyout i think it's it's like 17 million 19 million and the board is not sure if they have the money to pay the buyout so he might be back next year just because they can't afford to pay his buyout yeah, I mean, the problem is you know exactly what Will Muschamp is. And we can sit here and play the, well, uh, you know, they lost our starting quarterback early on in the season. Uh, he wasn't that great anyway. Um, Holinsky's well, a pretty big-time prospect for for South Carolina. I think, I think he was like a four-star quarterback recruit. He was like a top 100 player. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're not – obviously, he's a freshman, so there's – gonna be some growing pains there but still uh four and six not good if you sneak out the bowl game um but the win over georgia i think is enough uh if they don't want to directly say that hey we're not we don't want to pay the buyout uh to get him out of here or we don't have the money for it at least you can use that win against georgia as like a chip to be like oh yeah well he beat georgia well, that's why we're gonna bring him back um so I don't know. It's a tough spot for South Carolina to be in, in, in all honesty. So uh, we'll see where they go from here. Uh, but congrats to App State getting eight and one on the season, um, and they continue to be on the outside looking at a possible uh, New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, they will likely win the Sun Belt, I would assume. Uh, we'll actually talk about them a little bit more when we get into our Pick'em uh, previews uh, later on.
Uh, and lastly, in the SEC, Tennessee 17, Kentucky 13. Uh, Tennessee gets the 5-5, five and five and their drive for a bowl game looks like it's going to happen, folks. Uh, Tennessee, who looked dead at, during, <laughs> at the early part of the season, uh, has certainly revived their year. Uh, Kentucky falls to 4-5. and five. It's been a rough go, uh, even as much as everybody loves Lynn Bowden. Uh, not a lot's going to happen when you're running your best player in like three different positions um, offensively. Um, any thoughts on the SEC from either of, you, either of you? The LSU Alabama game lived up to the hype. Tua, I think you could tell Tua wasn't a hundred percent, but he still looked like Tua. I would say he. I don't think he had an issue. It didn't look like stepping into throws as much. Uh, but you could tell on that really weird fumble early on in the game, which really I turned the entire game, uh, turned the tides of that entire game. Um, like, as soon as that ball dropped off, like, you could see him kind of, like, fall to the ground a little bit. Uh, a little bit more awkwardly than you typically would. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could tell he wasn't 100%. Uh, but I still, wherever he was, was still probably a better option than Mac Jones. Um but still tough, and I think that's gonna that's gonna definitely play into Bama's favor as the committee looks, depending on how the rest of the year goes. Obviously, uh, towards a possible rematch in the college football playoffs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it lived up to the hype. It was a lot of fun to watch um, the whole game through. There was just a lot of really good moments. I mean, even when like even to think about it, like even dated going back to last year when he wasn't all that good. Uh, Joe Burrow did the same things then too. Like he consistently made those late game comebacks, uh, even if his he was playing like shit. Um, and he does it again here, not necessarily a comeback, but being able to have the moxie to hey Alabama's getting right back in it. They're a touchdown or two away, uh, and then the engineer drive to go and try and put the game out. Um, so good for them. Uh, LSU looks like a buzzsaw. Uh, Coach O. Um, deserves the world uh <laughs> that man is awesome uh, so rooting for them a lot going forward um and turn gibble any sec things from you um well it looks like florida figured out how to play offense again after their terrible showing against georgia they um, played vanderbilt they did but they still scored 56 points and if they didn't know how to play offense they wouldn't have scored 56 points so they kind of figured it out we'll see this week if it's for real or not um also going back to the alabama game Tua quietly had 418 yards i mean it wasn't really quiet but he had 418 yards on what kind of looked like one leg at at times during that game so that was still incredibly impressive but you could see he was definitely not 100 percent because he was not able to run he had a, a there was one play that was clearly a it was like a 10 yard run he would have had to get into the end zone but instead he threw it because of his leg so i mean if you have 100 percent to a is this game closer i don't know the game was still a great game regardless of if he's 100 percent or not i don't i don't know if that would have given alabama the win because lsu looked pretty pretty dang good from start to finish but it was definitely a factor in the overall game 
yeah, I mean, you see, um, the one big takeaway I had, and it, it kind of became obvious um, early on, uh, LSU did take away, uh, the thing that, I mean, obviously to his performance, I think it's going to get a little bit more lost in the shadow. I mean, obviously his completion percentage wasn't all there. Um, but LSU did a really good job of taking away, taking away his bread and butter, which is the quick RPO slants that he can rifle in there um, to a wide receiver on the run, uh, which he does a lot with rugs especially. Um, they did a really good job of taking that away. Um, and uh, he was still able to hit a, a lot of targets uh, perfectly. I mean, the big takeaway here is you see why these two quarterbacks are regarded as the easily the top two quarterbacks in the draft this year uh, just two different things they bring um, I think Tua is a little bit better when it comes to putting the ball on the money whether it's a deep pass obviously um, another one that you have to factor in there in this game is we don't see Judy drop the ball um, and Tua dropped a dime in the end zone in his hands and he just dropped it which was insane to see um, actually happen uh, I think he's better with ball placement while Burroughs got a lot more of that moxie to him where uh, he can stand in there he can run if he needs to uh, but he's going to find the open guy he's going to take what the defense gives you uh, and it's pretty easy also to see why Joe Burrow is about to destroy the single season uh, completion percentage record. Um, I think he's he's sitting around like eighty percent so, uh, still. So, uh, and they have a fairly easy schedule coming up with, uh, I believe, Ole Miss, uh, Arkansas, and um, Texas A&M uh, to finish off the regular season. So. Um, interesting. I'm not entirely opposed to a rematch in the playoffs. It just depends on how the 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 chips fall uh, going forward. Uh, so elsewhere, uh, a few other random games throughout the country: Cincinnati forty-eight, UConn three, uh, SMU fifty-nine, East Carolina fifty-one. In an exciting uh, American Conference game, uh, Boise State twenty, Wyoming seventeen, um, Nevada seventeen, San Diego State thirteen. Uh, Southern Miss 37, UAB 2. Uh, that is correct. UAB scored only a safety in that game. Uh, Florida Atlantic beats Florida International in the uh, minor league Florida uh, college football bowl. Uh, I don't really have a better name for it, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but they went 37-7. to um, In the... Uh, Religion Bowl, I guess is the best way to call it. Uh, BYU 31, Liberty 24. Uh, and lastly, we'll shout out uh, an FCS school here. Uh, Dartmouth 27, Princeton 10. Uh, played at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Dartmouth undefeated. Uh, Princeton was undefeated going in. Um, on top of the Ivy League here, Dartmouth gets to 8-0. Princeton 7-1 on the year. All right. Uh all right so the last few weeks we've done little uh top fives here and there um to celebrate college football's 150th anniversary this week we're going to do top five stadiums of all time again our opinion uh you probably won't like them but you're going to deal with them anyway so shove it uh anyway do the normal uh i'll go with my five uh Gibble uh and then jake um 
So to get us started, I'll do my number five here. Uh, I have the Cotton Bowl on here, uh, very significant. Uh, one of the more famous bowl games as well every year. Um, so Cotton Bowl, I have number five. So I actually have um, Memorial Stadium, Stadium in Nebraska. Um, the going there this year, you were kind of like on top of the field, which is a crazy atmosphere. Um, if Nebraska had been in that game a little longer, it would have been even more hype, but they were very hyped to start the game. Um, so it's just a really tight, tall stadium where you like feel like you're in on top of the action. So I, that's why I have it at number five. I've got odds in the stadium at number five, Oregon, because you just hear stories about this and how, you know, it's only like 60,000 people, but you know, it's such an insane atmosphere and, you know, the idea of a stadium only being, you know, essentially half the size of the big house or horseshoe and, you know, just having that kind of atmosphere still, um, you know, you see pictures of it. It looks like a really cool stadium. So I, I, I like uh, Autzen at number five. Oh, all right. Number four, I have Death Valley, Tiger Stadium, in Baton Rouge. Um, night games there just, I want to go so badly. Um, but seeing him just on TV, it's an electric atmosphere. Um, it's iconic. Uh, it's also iconic just the field always having like the, the five yard markers instead of the typical I 10. I hate that. Uh, I know it throws me off, but I feel like that's like, I feel like watching it or like if I had to play on that, like it would just be a psychological advantage to the other team because it would just mess me up. But, um, place is always rocking. Uh, but also, just one of my favorites. I love watching games there all the time whenever LSU is like real good and stuff, um, especially a season like this. Um, so, Tiger Stadium is number four. So, I actually have Harvard Stadium as my number four, um, just because of the historical value in it. It was the world's um, first concrete stadium that was built in 1903. Um, it, it's not a like anything super special but it's just got that historical fact um plus it's hosts the one of the longest standing rivalries in harvard versus yale um so yeah that's why i got it at number four Folsom, you already said uh my number four so the cotton bowl just because you know we talked about the historical significance uh, you know the amount of quality games that have been played there um, you know, it's one of the most iconic stadiums in the country. All right, number three on my list, I have uh, Going Back in Time. Uh, it still saddens me that they demolished it, uh, but the Orange Bowl uh, in Miami. Um, obviously, it was the home stadium for the entire height of the U, as well as the Orange Bowl, uh, holding a lot of classic games in that stadium. Uh fact that they tore it down will always break my heart a bit, uh, but Orange Bowl's number three for me. So for my number three, I went with another historical one in the Yale Bowl. Um, not one of the biggest. Are you just picking the all the Ivy League teams? No, I just picked two, alright? Just chill. Um, Next no, but up, the- Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Wait, it's we're not picking stadium. all it's stadiums? Held, it's held no. a few bowl games. No, but um, the design of this stadium inspired the designs of other stadiums that look like it, like Michigan Stadium, Notre Dame, the Rose Bowl, the LA Coliseum. All of those were inspired by the design of the stadium. So having it be kind of the, uh, the, the building block to those stadiums, that's why I have it at number three. 
you know, time out real fast. Like, you just, like, you can just tell that, like, uh, intern Gibble did, like, a quick, like, five-minute reading of this. That or he's an architecture major and we just never knew. Uh, I could be. No, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not. No, no, no. No, All I'm, right. re- I'm really You eat dog can... ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, self-respecting architects don't eat dog ice cream. Uh Anyway, go ahead. I have the big house at number three, Michigan Stadium. Uh, this is, a, you know, classic stadium, you know, a classic brand, you know, holds over 100,000 people, um, has had 100,000 people in every game since November 8th, 1975. So you're talking 40 plus years of 100,000 people each game. Uh, 200 consecutive contests where they've had 100,000 people just in an iconic stadium. Um, you know, a lot of great games have been played there. So, it's my number three. All right. I actually had the, uh, the big house there at uh, number two, actually, on my list. Um, I mean, it's just iconic. You think college football stadiums, you think Ann Arbor. Um, uh, I don't. <laughs> Fair, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's so massive. Um, just thinking that a college football stadium is that big uh, is kind of crazy. Uh, but it's iconic. Uh, one of the best teams in the history of college football plays there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just synonymous with college football stadium, uh, greatest of all time. Uh, Michigan stadiums were right up there. So I have a number two on my list. You're right. One of the greatest uh, teams in college football history does play there every other year the last Saturday in November. Big facts. And the home to that team is Ohio State, which is my number two stadium in the horseshoe. Um, the shape of that that stadium, the, si- the sheer size of it, um, it's kind of like Memorial Stadium where it's uh, you're kind of on top of the action even if you're in the upper deck. Um just another iconic stadium and absolutely massive houses over a hundred thousand people just a great atmosphere too during a night game yeah i'm biased this is my number two as well because you know, I, yeah i know right you know it's an iconic look you know it's got an iconic name um you know i can still just picture keith jackson just saying they called the horseshoe down on the banks of the olandangi you know growing up you know doing the aerial shot of the horseshoe um, there's no other stadium that's built like that. So just the way it's shaped and, you know, we've talked about the incredible games and the incredible players that have come through that stadium. Uh, it, it makes it my number two. I know we didn't touch on too many SEC stadiums here, and this is definitely our northern bias, but I don't care. Um... It's number one. I, we probably maybe all of us have it here. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, it's, we'll see if intern does it. It's the Rose Bowl. I yep. mean, it's the most iconic stadium in the history of college football, and I don't think that's very arguable. Um, the scenic part of it is great. Uh, it's so easy to watch a game there. I've obviously never been there live uh, and in person. I'd like to make that trip one day. Um, but everything kind of surrounds it as well. Um, 
it's just one of the best best stadiums of all time uh and and it's iconic i mean it's much like you know it's college football's fenway park essentially um so uh rose bowl is number one for me yep i have the exact same thing because there's really no other stadium that you can put number one like when you think college football you think the rose bowl that's just not only is it an iconic stadium it's an iconic bowl game and it's yeah there's way too much history there and it's just an incredible place i also need to go see a game there uh one one day Okay, when you say see a game there, because I have seen the game there. I went out last year to L.A. and saw UCLA versus Fresno State. I have it as my number one because of how iconic the, the stadium is. It's a beautiful stadium. You know, it's down in this valley. Um, you know, it's, they've got, like, these mountains around it. It's an absolutely gorgeous view. But going to see a game there, you're definitely going to want something better than UCLA and Fresno State because Fresno State whooped that ass of UCLA last year when I was there. So I would much rather see a game where I'm not falling asleep in. Um, but yeah, no, it's number one. If you're going to go see a better game than I saw, please, please see a better game than what I saw. Well, so there's our top five. Maybe you should have picked, picked a better game to go see. I know, I know. Next time I got to plan my trip better. All right, uh... So some honorable mentions I have on here. I have you know Ohio Stadium, uh, Notre Dame Stadium as well. Touchdown Jesus, yada yada. Um, I feel like I'll get yelled at if I don't put that on this list somewhere. Um, uh, Austin I also have on there. Very excited to see a game out there. Uh, the atmosphere at those games. Uh, another one that looks incredible to be around. Um, and a low key honorable mention here on my list. Uh, just because, like, the scenic aspect of it with the mountains in the background and stuff like that. Um, also, also because it shares a name with me, uh, Folsom Field, Colorado. Um, it is one of the more beautiful-looking uh, ones uh, out there. I like the stadium as well. Um, and like I said, like, the mountain range in the background and stuff like that, I think, uh, plays a big factor into how much I enjoy looking at a stadium, uh, especially when it comes to watching it. So, uh, those are my honorable, honorable mentions. I had four honorable mentions, Tiger Stadium, Notre Dame. I also put Lane Stadium on here. The only reason I put them on there is because of Enter Sandman. And then I also put the Swamp. Yeah, those are, those are some fair ones to put in there. Um, I, you could also toss in Tennessee. It's just hard to put them in there when they're, not good, uh, but that's yeah, an iconic suck. one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of really good ones uh, out there to choose from, so uh, it's hard to narrow it down. Entering uh, Gibble, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, uh, I have two that weren't mentioned yet. Uh, Kyle Field for Texas A&M. That mm, would be a really one. cool place to see a game. Um, also, a low-key one, uh, Mitchie Stadium for where Army plays. Sits on the Hudson. Um, not a huge stadium, but just a, another one with a really cool uh, scenic aspect around the stadium. Okay. Um, all right. So that's our top five stadiums of all time. Uh, I'm sure everybody will disagree with our list and I don't care. So, um, why don't we go ahead and get into our week 12 picks and preview, uh, a while. All right. Uh, we got an early game this week. Um, starting first, we have some conference USA action. Uh, Louisiana Tech, 8-1, and one, 
Traveling on the road to play 6-3, and three, Marshall, who was a 2.5-point favorite. This game, Friday, 7 o'clock on CBS Sportsnet, the C-SPAN of sports. Um, intern Gibble, you took the lead this past week, so you're actually going to go first. Uh, I'll go second, and then Jake will go third. Intern Gibble, who you got? All right, so I'm going to take uh, Louisiana Tech in this one. Um, they've been putting up 38 points a game. Marshall's been putting up 26 points a game. I don't really know why this game's so close. So it just seems like LA Tech is, is the clear favorite, so Vegas must know something. But I'm going to go against that and say LA Tech wins this fair, fairly handedly. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if you base your entire thing off of who scores the most points, the college football playoff would look a whole lot different than it currently looks. Fair. Um, <laughs> so we'll put that out there. Uh, so don't read too much into that there, well, Google. Uh, defensively, they're about the same, though. LA Tech gives who up. Who Marshall played and who has LA Tech played? Um, LA Tech has played what? Texas? I know they played Texas. Marshall lost to Boise State on the road 14-7. to They also lost to Cincinnati. Yeah, they got whooped by Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, there you go. They played two good defenses. So, all right. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm going to take Louisiana Tech in this one as well. They're 8-1. Uh, I do like their offense a little bit more, but I'm not going to put my entire pick behind what they're averaging on the season. Um, because that would be dumb of me. Um, yep, you got that. me. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, we know you are. <laughs> you ate dog ice cream. We know. Uh, you willingly <laughs> ate dog ice cream. So, yeah, I'm going to take I Louisiana Tech here. I just think they're the better team. I'll, I'll take them, especially as the underdog. Yeah, I like Marshall to win this game. Um, mainly, one, I need to play some catch-up. Um, two, I'm going with Vegas knows something here. You know, um, going to West nobody, Virginia. Nobody plays the Vegas Know Something card in the history of the world better than you, Jake. Vegas Knows Something. I've heard every episode we'll get at least one Vegas Knows Something. And I suspect we're getting at least one more in, by the end of this. I moment. mean, there's a good chance that we're going to. Um, but I'm going to go with the, you know, like I said, Vegas Knows Something this weekend. Because three-point favorite... Um, they haven't been that impressive overall. They have won, I think it was four games in a row. Um, so I'm curious how the weather is going to be since it did just snow in Ohio last night and we're in the middle of a, what is it, um, cold front or what? It, I forget, I don't do weather. Um, so I like Marshall to win this game. I like them to cover. Um, it looks like that this weekend it's going to be pretty cold, so I I like when teams from the South come up and play. Is it Marshall and West Virginia? Yes. So what does it matter if it's snowed in Ohio? Because it's also snowed in West Virginia. It's a low of 21 on Friday night down in Huntington, West Virginia, so that's the reason I'm picking them to win. That's fair. Uh, that is certainly fair. Uh, I think I just think the whole state of Louisiana is on the come up right now. Um, minus the Saints, they lost to the Falcons. Um, but also, I've bet on Louisiana Tech twice this year. Once when we did the pick them with South Southern Miss earlier in the year, they won that. I also bet them to cover five and a half this past week against 
uh, North Texas, and I think they won that game by like 40. So, yeah, give me Louisiana Tech. All right, next up, going on to Saturday, 12 o'clock on ABC, we have the 7-2 on the road to 9, Windiana, uh, traveling to State College to play the 8-1 Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State is a 14.5-point favorite in this game. Uh, Antern Gibble, who are you taking? Definitely Indiana. Um, you believe in nine win, Indi- nine Indiana? I see. I don't know if I believe in Indiana to win this game as much as I want them to win. I Penn State. I'd like to think that they're going to play pissed off in this game, but I feel like in past years, once they lose one, it just turns into a snowball effect, and they lose another one, and then in two weeks they're going to get beat by Ohio State. Like it just doesn't feel like it's a good time for them. But that being said, maybe this year is different. I'm not picking Indiana to win outright. I think they're still going to cover because Penn State still doesn't like to play football in the second half. And Indiana seemingly does. In they fairness, play. they didn't play football in the first half this week, but they did play it in the second half. Well, so they're a one-half team. Yes. Is pretty much what we're Pretty much. So either way, I think that still leaves the door open for Indiana to cover the spread here. Regardless, uh, as much as I want them to win, I don't think they're going to at Penn State. Yeah, I'm going to pick Indiana to backdoor cover this game. Uh, I still think Penn State will win because I think their talent level is better. Um, my big issue here with Penn State is in regards to them being in such a sandwich position, being be- in between... Minnesota and Ohio State. Uh, coming off that loss, knowing that you have Ohio State and what next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that leads to a sandwich thing. I still think Penn State wins because it's at home. It's a noon game. Um, but I definitely like Indiana to backdoor to cover this into like a 13, 10, 13 point loss. Um, so I'll take, I'll take Indiana. Yeah, I like Indiana in this as well, actually. I put a teaser bet down on this spread already because I I took Penn State, but I teased the line down to eight points because I hate 14 points. I think they win, but I'm in the same boat as you, Aaron. I think 10 to 13 is a better line. I don't think 17 or 21 points is going to happen. Noon game, I think there's some distractions, like you said, either a hangover a little bit, looking ahead a little bit. And while Indiana hasn't played anybody that good in their seven wins, they haven't beat anybody that... I don't know if they've even beat anybody with a winning record right now. If I look back at their schedule, I don't know if any of these single teams have a winning record. They're all pretty bad. But I think that the confidence has grown in them to compete with Penn State more. I think they're going to try to come out hot. I think they're going to try to give themselves a little bit of a spark because they had a bye week last week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. So I like Indiana to, you know, lose but cover the game. All right, next up, 12 o'clock on CBS, we have the 8-2 and two Florida Gators, a seven-point favorite traveling on the road to play the 5-4 and four Missouri Tigers. Um, Intern Gibble, who you got in this one? Well, I'm pretty sure I saw Ky- uh, Kelly Bryant's back this week. Um, 
as much as I want that to factor in, I still don't think Missouri's very good. They've lost their last three. Um, Florida, I'm going to assume they actually did figure out how to play offense, so I'm going to roll with them to cover. But I'm not a huge fan of this seven-point line. It's This is like exactly where it needs to be. I think this game is... It feels more likely that it's going to be a push than you, either of the others. Time out. But, so you don't like this seven-point line, but you think it's right where it needs no, to be? No, I don't I don't like betting. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't like Thanks. betting it because it's right where it should be. Do you also so think Florida discovered an offense? I Listen, no, but yes. Just because they beat really the Andrew on this game. My, it's messing with the 56 points is all that I'm seeing, and it's just messing with my brain. So we're just going to pick Florida and call it a day. Here's the thing. I don't fully disagree with you on the Missouri thing. The problem is is that Missouri has been so Jekyll and Hyde this year when it comes to home and away. They've been very dominant at home, granted not against the strongest competition, uh, while being flat-out miserable on the road. I think they're 5-0 and at home, 0-4 on the road, um, including losses to Wyoming. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to roll with Florida here. I think they win this game by like 10 points or so, regardless of whether Kelly Bryant's there. Um, I just like Florida's defense a, a little bit more. Uh, I think they'll hold Missouri down a good bit in this game. Um, not super thrilled with it, but I'll roll with Florida. I'm not sold on Missouri at all. I think they're a very average team. I don't think Florida is great in any means, but I think Florida is superior for sure on defense that I'm not sure how many points Missouri's be able to score. Even I understand they had a backup quarterback, but still getting shut out against Georgia. Georgia has also a really good defense, but they only scored seven points against Kentucky. You know, they only scored fourteen against Vanderbilt. Like Yes, I, but these were all road games. I know, I understand. But I'm just not sold on it. I don't think this game's actually gonna be that close. I like Florida to win by at least two scores. Okay. Gut feeling is now Missouri's going to win this fucking game. Probably. <laughs> yep. Um, next up, we have a rivalry game uh, in the state of Michigan. We have Michigan State 4-5 and five on the year, traveling to 7-2 and two Michigan Wolverines, who is a who are a 13.5-point favorite in this. 12 o'clock on Fox, in turn. Well, I don't think it's getting any better for Michigan State, and I think Michigan has their offense kind of rolling at this point. Brian Lewerke still stinks. Um, I feel like I haven't said that in a few weeks. So Brian Lewerke is a concussion is, protocol. I'm going to take... Yeah, well, I mean, that doesn't help him at all. That might actually help Michigan State. Maybe the... Rocky Lombardi, maybe he'll come in and change the whole game, pull off a win. That'd be nice optically, but I still don't think it's going to happen. And I, th- I think Michigan's going to win this Probably by uh, by two two full scores, so probably by fourteen points or so. Two full scores. Yeah. Well, the line thirteen and a half. That, that could, could be, hypothetically that, be twelve. Michigan misses both PATs. Just putting it. Up. Well, that's why that's why I said fourteen. Oh. Because oh, they could. Uh, you missed that. <laughs> I'm not paying attention to what you say. Intern Gibble. That's fair. All right, so you're taking Michigan. I am. All right. Uh, I have a general rule of thumb, and that is 
Uh, if it's a rivalry game, I'm going to take the points if it's over 10. Uh, I don't like this line at all. We've seen Michigan State as the worst team quite a few times, I feel like, at least talent-wise. Uh, either pull off the upset directly uh, with some fluke plays or whatever. Uh, I feel like D'Antonio with his back against the wall coming off of that awful Illinois. I think Michigan wins this game, but I think they win this game by about 10. Uh, 13.5 is just way too many points for me in a rivalry game that has been often way too wild and wonky. Um, So I'll roll with Michigan State here and hope to pick up a point in our standings. Yeah, I'm taking Michigan. Michigan State's awful. They haven't shown any reason why I believe that they would keep it within 14 points. Their defense has been struggling lately, so they used to be able to hang their hat on that defense. But now they've given up more than 30 points a bunch of times, and I'm just not sure they'll be able to stop Michigan too many times. I think Michigan's going to win this by three scores. All righty, next up... 2.30 on NBC, we have the 7-1 Navy midshipman traveling to Notre Dame, who is 7-2, and, and Notre Dame is a 9.5-point favorite in this game. Um, intern? Yeah, I'm going to roll with Navy for this one. Um, Notre Dame is just... they feel like I feel like they've been kind of going downhill on offense. They haven't really been moving the ball all that well. Um, their defense is still solid, but Navy has been scoring recently and with running the triple option they're going to control the clock I think this game uh, I feel like it's going to be at least a one score game to separate it I don't think I don't think this is a 10 point game um, so I'm going to take Navy to cover I'm taking Navy to win this game outright um, Notre Dame can't stop the run how am I supposed to believe that they're going to stop th- three different guys running the ball. Um, it's definitely... I don't think for a triple option team, I don't necessarily factor in a ton the crowd either. Um, I think Navy wins this game by three points, so I will happily take that nine and a half um, and roll with the midshipmen. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this line. If I'm going to bet it, I'm going to tease the line down because I just don't like it overall. You tease all the lines. Down. I like teaser bets. I, what, what do you want me to say? Anyways, I like Notre Dame to win this game. I like them to cover the spread as well. In turn, you said the something about Notre Dame and moving the ball. Well, Ian Book had 140 yards rushing last week. So, I don't know. My gut tells me to go with Notre Dame. My gut tells me in turn, Gibble doesn't know what he's looking at. Um, well, we know he doesn't know what he's looking at. <laughs> All right, 3.30 on ABC. We have the 7-2 and two Wake Forest Demon Deacons traveling to Clemson to play the 10-0 and 0 Clemson Tigers. Clemson is a 32.5-point favorite in this game. In turn, who you got? Uh, I don't like 32. That That's the biggest issue I have here. I, I, think, I, don't, I don't think Wake Forest is bad enough to let it be more than 32 and a half points. So I'm going to take Wake Forest to cover. Um, I mean, Clemson has been rolling. I don't think they're going to 
be in a position where they could lose this game, especially with uh, Sage Surratt out for Wake Forest. But I still think Wake Forest is going to be able to put up a few points and uh, make one or two stops on Clemson and keep this closer than 32. I'm going to take Clemson to cover this line. I I, I just think the talent disparity between these two schools. Uh, as fun as Wake has been to watch this year, Sage Surratt going down and missing this game is going to be a huge blow to the offense. Uh, and I just don't – Wake Forest can't keep up with Clemson. Clemson's been rolling teams, as I keep saying. Uh, and as fun as Wake is to watch, they don't have anywhere near the talent level that Clemson has. I mean, you're talking about elite elite athletes playing three and two star guys on Wake Forest squad. Uh, not to say Wake Forest is a bad team, they just can't hang in this game. I don't think, um, especially with their best offensive weapon going down. Um, and uh, I think Clemson and, and also Wake Forest defense hasn't been all that good this season. Uh, they've had some moments. Uh, but I think Clemson wins this game something like 52-17. to 17. Yeah, I'm with you there, Aaron, because Wake Forest gave up 36 points last week to a Virginia Tech team that has been struggling on offense. So I am feeling Clemson this game. The last three games, they've scored 50 points. Their last five games, they've scored at least 45 points. So I don't think Virginia or uh, Wake Forest is going to be able to stop Clemson. If they give up 36 to Virginia Tech, they're going to give up at least 50 to with Clemson. And I'm just not sure that they'll be able to score 20 points. All right. 3.30 on CBS, we have 8-1 and one Georgia. Three-point favorite on the road, playing a 7-2 and two Auburn Tigers. Intern? Well, I am still not sold on Georgia being able to play offense. Um, I'm going to roll with Auburn. Neither of these teams is like super dominant. Um, they're both kind of low-scoring teams. They're just kind of ground and pound. But I think I like Auburn. It's at home for them. They're going to have the crowd behind them. And if they are able to slow down Jake Fromm and just keep them kind of at a standstill, I like Auburn to win this game. I am. I'm going to take Georgia if for nothing more than to try and gain a point here in our standings. Because um, I don't love this. I think Auburn could win this game outright. Uh, but I do like Georgia's team a little bit better. Again, this is another tough challenge for Bo Nix, who's still just a freshman. Um, playing a, a Georgia team that hasn't been super, but their defense has been very good. Um, so whether they can score points, I don't know. I think it'll be a defensive slugfest. Um, and I think in the end, I think Georgia's offense is just better than Auburn's uh, and will win this game by at least a touchdown. I absolutely hate Auburn's offense when they play a coherent defense because they really struggle to move the ball and score points. So their last two games against LSU and Mississippi, who I would not call elite defenses this year, LSU has the talent, but they've struggled to stop teams, and Mississippi is not good. And they've scored a total of 40 points. 
So now they're going to play a really good Georgia defense that I think they're really going to score 10 to 14 points maybe. I think Georgia covers this spread. All right. And next up we have 4 o'clock on Fox. The 9-0 Minnesota Golden Gophers will row their boat right on down to Kinnick Stadium to play the 6-3 Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa is a three-point favorite in this game. In turn, who you taking? Um, the spooky factor makes me want to take Iowa, but I am going to row the them. boat. Nope, I'm going to row the boat, taking Minnesota. I'm going to keep them rolling on. Uh, I think they're going to... Nate the Great, not great. We've confirmed this week after week. Iowa's offense is not very good at all. Um, they do have a better defense probably than Penn State put up against Minnesota last week, but I still like Minnesota's offense more than um, Iowa's, so I'm going to take Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Minnesota here as well. Uh, this line it plays perfectly in the Minnesota's hands of the disrespect factor on top of also being ranked like 8th in the college football playoff this week. Um, look, here's the thing. Uh, And I hear a lot of, you know, oh, it might be a letdown situation. Here's the thing. I would die for B.J. Fleck, and I don't even play for the man. I can't imagine that this team is going to not be up to play Iowa this weekend. Um, So I'm going to roll with Minnesota minus three. I think they're going to win this game outright, and I think they're going to continue to roll right on in. to the next challenge. Uh, so give me the Golden Gophers here, minus, plus three. Uh. All together now, Vegas knows something. Nope. <laughs> Knew it. <laughs> you hit us with that all the time, and you were like 10 points back in the Yeah, I know. I'm just throwing yeah, I that know. out there. I know. Vegas doesn't know shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so give me Iowa plus three. I think spookiness happens. I think this is a setup for a letdown game. I know P.J. Fleck is great at motivating his players, but I think this is the absolute setup for a letdown game. They just played their biggest game in potentially 10, 15, 20 years, and now they go on the road to Knick Stadium where dreams go to die. So give me Iowa plus three. I'm sorry, that's not where dreams... Dreams go to die in Death Valley. Like... You can't just steal Coach O's line. Um, all right, seven thirty on ABC. We have the eight and one Oklahoma Sooners, ten point favorite, traveling to play Baylor and Waco. Nine o'clock, or not nine o'clock? Nine and zero. I don't know what I'm even talking about anymore. I believe this is also the game day game. I might be wrong on that, but um, anyway, intern Gibble, who are you taking in this one? Um, I am taking Baylor. They aren't great on offense, but their defense keeps them in every single game. Uh, clearly, they're not good on offense because they scored nine points in regulation last week before realizing that they were in the Big 12 and scoring 20 in overtime. Um, but still, uh, Oklahoma has not been the dominant Oklahoma that we've grown accustomed to over the last few years. Um, Jalen Hurts kind of he didn't look like his normal self in that last game. I don't know. His body language just wasn't great in like the second half of that game last week. Um, but I think Baylor keeps this game pretty close. Oklahoma's still going to score. I think 
maybe uh, Charlie Brewer will remember he needs to fire that pig spin, pigskin and get them some points. Yeah, uh, I'm going to roll with Baylor in this one, too. Uh, I don't necessarily think they win this game, but I think I think Oklahoma wins by about a field goal or so. Uh, Oklahoma's defense isn't good enough to blow out teams, I don't think. I think Baylor's offense hasn't been spectacular. They played a, a pretty decent TCU defense last week. Uh, but I think this is a game where I could see the offense kind of exploding a little bit more, uh, keeping in the game. I expect this thing to hover each team hovering somewhere around the 40-point mark, to be honest with you. A lot like the Oklahoma-Iowa State game was last week. Um, but I think Oklahoma will sneak away with another victory. Uh, Baylor's been getting pretty lucky in these tough games, I think, just kind of winning them out. And I think one of these isn't going to go their way, and I think it's this week against Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma, again, needs to roll them but I don't necessarily think it happens. Um, so I'll roll with Baylor to cover that 10 points. Yeah, I like Baylor to cover this spread as well. Um, a lot of their games have been close, so I don't see why this one would be much different. I'm with you guys. I don't think they're going to win this game. I think this there's a chance this could end up being a backdoor cover because I'm just not sure if they'll be able to keep up with Oklahoma's offense. Jalen Hurts has been kind of weird. like He's been a little bit off lately. Uh, but it seems like the first half for them, they've come out pretty strong. So I like for them to come out strong, but I like kind of like how Iowa State came back at the end of the last game. I think Baylor is going to claw back in this game as well and make it pretty close. All right, 7.30 on ESPNU. Last game we have here, the 8-1 Appalachian State Mountaineers are a 16-point favorite traveling on the road to play the 6-3 and three Georgia State uh, team. I actually don't know Georgia State's uh, <laughs> Panthers. That's what it is. Uh, the Georgia State Panthers. I should have more respect for the team that toppled Tennessee this year. So, um, But anyway, this line again is 16 in favor of App State. And that's why I like Georgia State. Um, I feel like these Sun Belt games are never super lopsided um i'm probably wrong because i don't watch a lot of the sun belt but i am gonna take georgia state to cover um happy state hasn't scored a ton of points recently they've been kind of slowed down on uh on offense a little bit so i think i think this is going to stay closer than the 16 but i still think appalachian state comes out with the win yeah, I'm going to roll with Georgia State as well here. Um, at home, 16 feels like a lot. Uh, two weeks ago, I bet on App State to cover against Georgia Southern, and I lost outright, so sour taste in my mouth after betting that. Um, and the line was relatively the same. I think it was 14 in that one. So uh, I'll roll with Georgia State at home here. Uh, I do I think App State wins this game, but maybe around four, 10 to 14 points. I think Georgia State keeps it somewhat close, uh, as most of their games have been this season. Um, I've, bet, uh, or I've bet on a lot of Georgia State games, to be quite honest with you. I don't really know why. Um so I'll take Georgia State to cover this line. Yeah, give me Georgia State uh, to cover the spread. 16 is just way too many points. You know, I think this could be another idea of a letdown game because, granted, South Carolina is not very good, but it was an emotional win. So I think there could be a little bit of a letdown here, uh, especially early on. So I think uh, Georgia State covers, but App State wins the game. 
Alrighty. Alright. So, those are our pickums of the week. Um, and lastly, I think we have some listener questions. We have a ton of listener questions this week. You know, every week I ask for listener questions, we get like one or two. Y'all exploded for seven Maybe. this week. Like seven questions. So, we're going to run through some of these because some of them have a lot. So, we'll start off here. Uh, at NYC says, Does Utah in winning out ensure the Pac-12 does not have a college football playoff rep? Intern, you go first. Um, no, because Corso said that Utah is going to be in the playoffs, so I'm going to believe what Corso said at the very beginning of the season. So, if Utah wins That's out, smart. then, yeah, exactly. It, this strategy can't fail. Uh, if Utah wins out, they should be in the playoff. Because Corso said so. And that's all I got. Um, yeah, no, I don't... There's so many factors. I don't think them winning out... I don't think Utah winning out winning the Pac-12 title eliminates the Pac-12. I mean, yeah, Oregon's the more sexier name. Uh, both viewer, viewership, uh, like money and all that surrounding it as well. But uh, Utah's team has been good enough this year where... They could get in if they win out. Um, I think they need some help, i.e. Georgia losing the SEC title game. Um, maybe they could jump Bama. I think they're two spots behind Bama right now. Uh, they'd be one spot behind them, hypothetically, if they beat Oregon. Um, so... I don't think they're. I don't think that would ensure that the Pac-12 doesn't get in. But Oregon's obviously the sexier name, and also the team with the much better loss. Uh, if you're in comparing the two, so uh, no. Yeah, I'm with you there. I they need a little bit of help, but not a ton of help. They just need one or two things. You know, if Alabama were to lose to Auburn, you know, Georgia to lose in the SEC championship game, they don't need anything that crazy to happen to really put themselves and it's really going to depend what they think of or a win over Oregon let's say they go and beat Oregon by you know four touchdowns let's go they win a game you know 42 to 14 what's the committee look at that then because that's a pretty impressive win if you beat down a team like Oregon like that that could help propel you over a team like Alabama who doesn't have a conference championship game yeah I mean and that's the thing. I mean, it, we're in a position right now where it's so impossible to call anything because you have 11 teams either with zero or one loss um, amongst the Power 5 schools. So there's still a lot of potential chaos here. And obviously there's matchups, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, um, still yet to come, stuff like that. So uh, still a lot of things that need to be played out. Um, but there's so many different possibilities for people getting in um, uh, or getting eliminated and stuff like that from from the viewpoint so it's really hard to say anybody within those first 11 not 11 spots but those 11 teams with zero or one uh, don't have a shot because I think they all realistically have have a shot I agree this kind of goes into that a little bit so Austin Roberts at under at King underscore Jamal said if Bama ends the season 11 one do they deserve a spot in the playoffs I think it kind of goes back to what we said. It's going to depend on everything else that happens. I still... It's a tough question. Deserve? No. Uh, would I mind them getting in? No. Um, 
Phrasing it as deserves, in my opinion, has always long been that we have to value conference championships. Um, and if they get in over a Power 5 conference champion that also has one loss, then, yeah, would I say they don't deserve it? 100%. Uh, depending on how things play out, obviously, things could change and they could easily get in over a two-loss conference champion. I'm not up, totally opposed to that. Um, but... Uh, Deserve is a hard way to say. Uh, it's a good team for sure. I'd love to see more of Tua and his uh, wide receiver core and stuff like that play in the playoffs. Um, but and I'd certainly be entirely open to another LSU Alabama game. Uh, but deserve not quite. Yeah, I'd agree with that. the The deserve word is what what throws it off for me as well. I think yes, they are one of the top teams in the nation but if they if you say they deserve to get in over a power five conference champion then no um like if if they're going to leave out the pac-12 again with a one loss oregon or utah both of them would deserve to get in with a win in their conference championship if that's their only loss over a one loss bama team that doesn't play in a conference championship in in that scenario it they kind of would they would deserve to not be in it. So, yeah. All right, on to the next one. This one's from at Chase Edwards, one, two, three. He said, will Georgia's rushing touchdown streak be snapped this week? I had to follow up on this. Apparently, Georgia has not allowed a rushing touchdown this year. So, in turn, do you think this is the week that they allow a rushing touchdown? I'm going to go with yes. Um, I feel like Auburn is going to be more of a ground and pound team they can't rely super heavily on Bo Nix they're going to need to rely on their run game to um, take some of the pressure off of Bo I'm going to go with the yes they do squeak one in um, whether that's Bo Nix rushing it in or an actual run touchdown with their running back I think I think they'll get one um, so yeah I'll go with no just to be different um, I, I don't know. Uh, I think Auburn to score touchdowns will probably have to rely more on that. Um, even like a reverse or something like that to Schwartz. Um, but I mean, Georgia's defense has been really good. I don't necessarily see Georgia doing or Auburn doing a whole lot on them. Maybe even getting in position to be within that, you know, in the red zone and and within the 10-yard line or whatever to run it in because I don't necessarily think they're going to break one on Georgia's defense. So uh, I'll go with no just to be different. Yeah, I'm going with no as well. Georgia only allows 2.77 yards per carry and only 74 yards per game. Um, I'm not sold that that's going to change this week because if they know that they're going to have to rely on the the, uh, rushing game, Georgia's going to be able to stop that. And I don't think Bo Nix is going to beat him through the air. A uh, quick one here. This is from at scared underscore money one fun belt or action Get intern. Uh, let's go with Maction just because there is fun weather elements included in t- in it, and the games are super sloppy. Aaron. Uh, again, I'm going to be different. I think I prefer the fun belt. Um, 
it's got teams like Appalachian State, uh, who everybody in America that's not a Michigan fan loves. Um, also, they also have a team with the nickname Raging Cajuns, which, how do you not love that? Um, they always play in like the first bowl game on a Thursday night at 7 o'clock uh, during bowl season somewhere in Louisiana. Uh also, like, their teams just, I feel like, always have some random upset on an SEC school, uh, whether it's App State beating South Carolina, whether it's uh, Troy beating LSU a few years ago, uh, like a decade ago in Saban's first year, UL Monroe beat Alabama. Um, the fun belt's very underrated. I think, I love Maction, don't get me wrong, but I think it's a tad overrated right now when, like, none of the Mac teams are, like, all that great. Um, there's a lot of average to above average schools right now, but there's not like a PJ Flex Western Michigan team or something like that. There's not a standout quarterback prospect. There's not a standout coach uh, or anything like that. So uh, right now, I'll go with Fun Belt. Dream action just because it's on a random day of the week, and I watched Akron kick a punt for negative one yards. So all about that action. I mean, in fairness, Fun Belt's the same way. They've been playing games on Wednesday nights. All right, let's move on to one that I know you're prepared for. This is from at PRFranklin51. He says, if you match up the ACC with the AAC, so the American, ranked 1-12 to in each conference, leaving out Clemson and Georgia Tech, so the best and the worst teams, to even out the numbers, which conference wins the head-to-head? I know you did the research, Aaron, so I'm going to let you take this one away. So we're going to do this as a very quick speed project because I don't want to entirely bore our listeners with a 30-minute rant. So I'm going to go down. I ranked these guys. I ranked all 12 teams in each conference down the list based on what their win-loss record is. Um, tiebreaker went to conference record. So these are the matchups, and just real quickly, I'll go over to you guys and you tell me who you think would win a head-to-head on a neutral field so wake forest against southern uh, method smu southern method are we talking like fully healthier like today just yeah fully fully healthy. okay because like with sage Surratt, like that that's a different changer there uh, i'll take wake forest in that one i'm gonna take smu to be different uh i'll be the tiebreaker and i'll go wake forest i think they have the better team overall uh next we have virginia tech cincinnati 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 all right uh pitt memphis memphis yeah i like memphis in that one Okay, Memphis. We'll give Memphis the win. I would like to put out for Pitt because they did beat UCF earlier this year. So that is fair. AAC win. Pitt figures out ways to win dumb games and lose even stupider games. Pitt's, yeah, they're the weirdest team. They do play good defense. I'll give them that. Um, Miami, UCF. Mm. Uh, this is a tough one. No, it it's is. not. Give me UCF. You guys, I know you're taking you guys are You guys are very much overthinking this. UCF, they're more consistent than Miami. Uh, if Miami started Tate, I'd take Miami. Tate hasn't even played this year. Shut up. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I think I'm going to take Miami overall. I think their talent is 
all around better. I watched one team put up 52 this week, and I watched the other one lose to Tulsa. Ooh, so good I'll point. Roll with Miami on this one. That's fair. I think right now, fully healthy, if you put both teams early on in the season, I would give you UCF maybe. But right now, Miami's an entirely different like team. Like when Miami almost lost down. to Central Michigan? Yes, or when they lost to Georgia Tech. Yeah. But the last three weeks, they've been much improved. Um, and UCF has not. So, yeah. Um, Louisville, Tulane. Louisville. Give me the green wave. Uh, yeah, I'll take Louisville, too. Their defense isn't very good, but their offense, when fully healthy, is pretty fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, shout, out, shout out Green Wave. Still love them. But uh, Florida State Temple. I mean, I know where my heart lies. I know what I should pick. <laughs> so we're going to go with my heart because Temple, even though I know they wouldn't win. I'm also going to take Temple because of the situation Florida State's in right now. Florida State doesn't know how a quarterback, but exactly Temple's fairness. got a good defense. In fairness, Odell Haggins, one and zero. He's actually three and zero as a head coach. Oh, well, one and zero is Florida State head coach. He's three and zero as a Florida Did, State head coach. Oh, I didn't realize he was the interim. Before. Yeah, uh, shows how much I give a shit about the team up north. Uh, <laughs> Boston. <laughs> Nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, Boston College, South Florida. <laughs> Talk about disappointments. <laughs> Boston College, AJ Dillon. Yeah, I'm going to take Boston College also. Uh, North Carolina, Houston. Uh, North Carolina. Are we talking Houston with uh, Derek King? No, like early transfers don't count. Like guys that like just recently got injured, but like. Derek King decided to set out the season, so we're not okay. counting that. So, okay, then UNC, Duke, Tulsa, Tulsa, <laughs> Duke. They... Yeah, I'll, I'll go Duke on that as well. Yeah. Tulsa's been fine, but I I think the bottom tier ACC teams are just better than the bottom tier AAC teams. Um, Tulsa beat Central Florida. Tulsa's not gonna Tulsa's not gonna make a bowl game. So that's my thought on this. Duke still has a shot. Um, North Carolina State, East Carolina. NC State. Yeah, NC State. Syracuse, UConn. Syracuse by like 60. <laughs> that, right. That's not even a serious one. So we have the ACC at 8 and 3. So the ACC would win a head to head. I thought this was a 12 team thing. Did I, hold on, did I fucking... Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter, because even if they're 8-4, and four, they're still winning. Who the fuck did I miss from these conferences? Oh, I miss Virginia. <laughs> Man, my Virginia hate's really running deep, and I just <laughs> completely skipped them. Who'd you skip from the Whatever. It wouldn't. It doesn't even matter who would play Virginia, because ACC already won by a wide stretch in this... Um, but yeah, man. Just, would they play Navy? We yeah, would it'd be have Navy. To, Virginia and Navy would play. Yeah, wow. I would take Navy yeah, in that right. one though. So would I. Screw I Virginia. Agree. Um Okay, so eight and four the ACC went. Uh, so there's the answer to your question. Yeah, that sounds about right. So 
I think we all kind of agree the ACC overall. So the next one, this is a little bit of a complicated question. This is for from Savage Savage Old Dad, Harbs for Prez. So he's a huge Michigan fan. Why in 2017 Sick. did undefeated Central Florida reach 12 at the highest while having three ranked wins, yet Clemson will go to the college football playoff with zero ranked wins and Bama will with maybe only one? All right, here's my answer. Um, I'll break it down real simply for you. As much as I'd like to be, I am not on the committee for the college football playoff, nor have I been, nor will I be in the future probably. I do not know why they were only ranked 12th. Uh, You would have to take that up with the folks that decide those things because I would have had them higher. Would I have had them in the playoffs? Maybe not. I don't know. That season is way behind me, but I do not have an answer for that. Intern? My thought is they just didn't hold the uh, group of five teams as highly regarded as they do now. They're not, they didn't really take them seriously until UCF kind of made them. And that's really the only justification I can possibly think of for that. My reasoning is the committee changes like every two years, so what they look at is different all the time. But I do kind of agree with your point there that they didn't really take them serious until there was somebody to make it serious because it wasn't quite like Boise State in the mid to late 2000s. That was, you knew they were pretty good. Uh, so this last one is from at Brad underscore Hewlett, H-U-L-E-T-T-T. And he just puts Penn State versus Georgia resume. So in turn, you get to go first. Uh, Penn State's loss is better than Georgia's loss. By a mile. Yeah, by an absolute mile. Yeah. Um, I mean, Penn State obviously has a better... They have better wins as well, don't they? Yeah. I'm not sure. I can't find Georgia's schedule. <laughs> Terrible radio. Uh, so Penn State beat Michigan and Iowa. Those are two good wins. Georgia beat uh, let's see Notre Dame. Eh, not a great win anymore in Florida. Notre Dame's the equivalent of Michigan, but Michigan's obviously better because they won. But I would yeah. I would say on like tier level, right now they would be a similar victory. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's coming down to these two teams at the end of the season, if they, well, if we were going into the playoff right now and it was Penn State versus Georgia for that fourth spot, currently I'd put Penn State in because of their resume over Georgia's. And plus Penn State, I mean, not an actual factor, but a factor that I would use the eye test for Penn State. They just look like a better team than Georgia. They're more convincing in their wins even though they don't play in the second half georgia's offense is rather shaky so i'd i'd say penn state's resume is a little bit better than georgia's uh it's a tough one uh doing a quick search uh down the schedule georgia is four and oh against teams uh above 500 this year um that does actually include arkansas state as well um but still uh while penn state is four and one uh their loss obviously is to minnesota uh georgia's wins against 
uh, teams currently above 500 are Arkansas State and Notre Dame, um, Florida, and Missouri. Um, that includes two teams that are top 10, uh, at least at the time of playing. Both teams still within the top 16, though. Their loss is horrific, though, because it is a team that, again, will probably not make a bowl game uh, and also was played at Georgia. So, uh, in terms of that, not good for them. Penn State 4-1 uh, against teams. Uh, let's pull them back up real fast. 4-1 uh, against teams above 500 that includes Buffalo uh, but also Pitt uh, Iowa Michigan um, and then the loss to Minnesota so roughly even both teams have victories over two teams within the top 20 currently in the current standings uh, Georgia's loss is worse but I think their victories are still a little bit better better um, especially because I believe, uh, well, Penn State did have a road game against Iowa. Um, but I said it before, I, I think Georgia, I think, is the better team if I, I they, they were playing on a neutral field. Uh, but I would have Georgia ranked dead last strictly because of their loss being as bad as it is. Um, and I think that's going to hurt them. So, uh, But Georgia, go win the SEC and you'll be in. So go do that. Um, so that's that's my opinion on that. I think you hit the nail on the head there. You know, you exactly summed up what I was thinking because Georgia, I think, has a their wins might be a little bit better, their losses severely worse. I don't think the disparity at which the committee ranked them between four and nine is as big as that. I think it's a lot closer, but apparently that's not how the committee sees it. It, here's the problem with all the rankings in general is that if you're going to lose, lose early like Georgia did because you can reclimb back up as fast as possible. Um, where you see a team... Unless your name is Alabama. Georgia's climbed facts. Uh, granted, uh, I'll slight benefit of the doubt to Bama just because they did lose to a, a, a good... you know the number one team in the country. Um, but still... Georgia loses early. They drop from whatever, what were they, three or something at the time. Uh, they slide back down to like 10 or something like that. I don't remember what they were at at the time. but uh, And then they can just slowly climb back up as the teams above them lose. So uh, that's the kind of thing I always had about hate about bowls is if you lose late, like while the resume may look the exact same as another team, you're just going to drop 10 spots like Penn State did. Um who basically they just put at a convenient spot that was one slot below Minnesota who they just lost to. So it was like, we don't feel like putting Minnesota any higher than eight. So now we have to drop Penn State to nine, uh, regardless of how their resume with Georgia stacks out. So I don't know. It's uh, uh, it's always tough. I hate it. <laughs> That's all I can really say. Yeah. Other than Alabama, when they lost to Auburn and still made it into the college football playoff, pretty much. That's Bama. Exactly. (laughs) Everybody else has lost earlier, not in November. NCAA knows where that that bread's buttered, man. Nick Saban's got to have some dirt on somebody. No. I mean, it's just, it's a matter of he's one of the best coaches of all time. I mean, 
we go we I mean you could you could debate all the things I hated that um I mean I know they won the national title but still not thrilled that Ohio State ended up jumping that first year um from six the whole way up uh over what was it Baylor or TCU or something like that Big Paul um, screwed themselves over on that one to be fair yeah, that's what they all One say. true champion. Um, they won TCU and Baylor to get in. They were trying to say maybe TCU, but Baylor had the head-to-head. It was all weird. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's Debating these things are so hard because you're talking about just a bunch of minds, not really anything to do with schedule or anything like that because everybody sees it differently so I'd imagine an entire round table full of people probably look at it differently but I don't know put Minnesota in the top four next week if they win cowards Um, that's my lasting message Sky Uma row the boat that's all the questions we got today alright that's our episode for the week we'll be back next week um, with week 12 week 13 uh and getting a little bit closer to the end of the college football season, unfortunately. Um, Give us a five-star review, and make sure you subscribe to the pod so you never miss an episode. Um, And, again, drop a five-star rating wherever you're listening to this. I think we are on pretty much all the platforms uh, out there. Um, And we'll see you guys next week.